There's a frost upon your field now. An early winter, all your red reflecting roses. <clears throat> do you guys know how much I love this podcast? How much do you love this podcast? I want you to listen real close. Okay, I'm listening. All ears, man. That right there was the sound was of me turning off my fan because I don't want that background noise. And holy balls, we're in the hot season as early as what? April. What? I thought you were leaning over to squatch, dude. <laughs> nope. Nope, not that at all. You were. Nope, not that at all. The fan happened to be there. Man, you're dedicated. Yeah, I know, right? I suffer <laughs> for the sounding board. This is the sounding board, your weekly podcast that is sometimes about music. I'm Josh Schmidtline, <laughs> your host, sometimes about music. With me... Sometimes weekly. Sometimes weekly, mostly weekly, in theory, <laughs> weekly. With me, as always, most of the time, mostly always, is Camden Taylor. hey Not hey who How's it going? Nope. Nope, okay. <laughs> That's not my... Not your, I was going to try phrase. to think of another one, but I didn't. I didn't uh, get on top of that in enough time oh. to think of another like rhyming. I don't know. <laughs> did I? Did I say last time that was my like catchphrase? Now I think so. Okay. Hey, who's gonna do, guys? <laughs> All right, there we go. Hey, who's gonna do, guys? <laughs> also with us this week, Robbie Chapel. Robbie. Hey everybody! Hey everybody! Tits up, <laughs> Robbie. I normally call you the beard of the sounding board. But you appear anymore. to be minus a beard. Now I'm either yeah, the not... stash or the bald or <laughs> the weird or let's go with the stash of the, the sounding board. I like that. That's okay. you. You've Still got a, a stash going. I think it works for you. Thanks. Welcome back. Welcome Thanks. back. We've yeah, been dude, waiting I'm... to record this episode for a while. This is an album that you picked. This is the Uncluded. It's the Uncluded. The Uncluded. This is Hokey Fright by the Uncluded. And man, we announced this album like a month and a half ago. <laughs> yeah, I think this was yeah, originally supposed to come out a month ago. <laughs> yeah, so uh, a lot of things happened in the intervening time. Uh, first, uh, I was traveling and the order of episodes got shuffled. Then we tried to sit down and record this two weeks ago, right? And your computer mm-hmm. exploded. <laughs> it yeah, okay. We can call it exploded. Oh, okay. What actually it, happened? It's really not that dramatic. It's not that... But yeah, sure. Yeah, it was boom. It was <laughs> right in the middle of recording, and it ruined everything. We had to stop the press, and like a lot of people were disappointed. And you had to like dig the shrapnel out of your body and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got really... Yeah, dude, I had to get a new bionic leg. You've gone through a lot to be here to record with us tonight. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Basically, I went through one uh, hard drive cable and $140. They charged you $140 for a hard drive cable? And to change it and for the assessment. Okay. All right. It's hmm. all. But yeah, it's also yeah, it's pretty expensive. <laughs> it's one of, it's one of two places in town uh, both expensive. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. you've got a Mac, right? Dude, no, okay, okay, so, yeah, I have a Mac. So, I brought it in, and the guys, the guys that he called me and said, uh, the guy being, you know, the technician, and, uh, <clears throat> he said he thinks the hard drive was just done, and then 
he's like, I think the cable is broken too, but none of that matters if the logic board doesn't work. So he ran tests on the logic board, uh, which I have no idea what that is. Uh, <laughs> um, he ran like a like a test loop that went all weekend, and he said it like came back fine. And he said he also retried the hard drive, and it worked fine. It was just the cable. So I was like worried that uh, I was gonna have to buy an entirely new computer, possibly. Yeah, no. Yeah, that would have been a huge pain in the ass. It, yeah, oh yeah, a huge pain. inconvenience. Yeah, $2,000. I, yeah. I actually, Just when I was in college, I totally, it, yeah. I totally destroyed a, a MacBook by no spilling, <laughs> spilling teriyaki sauce on the keyboard. Oh, man. And that led to me having to spend $1,300 on a replacement because it was like oh, two days geez. before my fucking semester started. That's why you don't fuck around with teriyaki. Yeah, bro. dude, teriyaki is no <laughs> joke. Teriyaki's here, yeah. and it plays I have a friend. For I have a friend who sets his beer right next to his like his like pad, just like on the like computer. A psychopath. Yeah, it's tempting fate. Yeah, no, that's like inviting <laughs> disaster. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why he does it. Well, I do know why he does it, but I don't like it. Does he do it because he's an alcoholic? Yeah. Well, it's also like people who set. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if he still does it. Alcoholism I'm sure he still does it. I'm not. I'm not sure if he still does it. I'm sure he does it with whatever he drinks, though. Yeah. Well, it's like the people who set their drinks like when they're sitting on the couch, like right by their foot. Oh yeah, like, you're just open. You're just inviting disaster. It's like yeah. why? Why would you put it there? Why don't you put it away yeah. from your foot? Yeah. Like, why does that yeah. be right so, there? Where you can so if you like move it, your foot slightly. So this is this yeah. is kind of a thing of, of the past. But you remember when like old Windows computers had like pop out disk drives? You know. Yeah. I have met sure. more than one old okay. lady who was convinced that that thing was meant to be a coffee holder. more than one they just why wouldn't like my car has a coffee holder why wouldn't my computer yeah oh man oh man it's all built for my convenience right Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's all built for my comfort and convenience so guys that sounds like that sounds like some resourceful old ladies i don't know (laughs) can you can you make your child have a cup holder like you know, like when they're in the womb, like alter their DNA or something, just have a cup holder on their back and like a, a place to like lock the leash. You know, it's just yeah, like could, a you, you could notch. use it as both. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that'd be, and that'd be like, nice. And for like the first ten years, they just shut the fuck up and like can't talk. You know. Oh man, but they know how to talk after. We're going down a dark just, path like, here. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you get on it, medical science? We're going down. A, <laughs> yeah. Geez. We're going down so a dark kids path. Annoying. <laughs> and then there will be the, the great convenient. divide. The great divide between the uh, the haves, the the children with coffee cup holders built into their body, and the have-nots. Exactly. The normies. Exactly. And there will be a giant child war. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> this is bad business. Well, do do you do you It'll get it removed? Just, do you get it removed it, when you grow up? No, man, you keep or it you, so like, you can keep, keep using it. But who's It'll be well, just you, like uh, Who's going to You're your own coffee <laughs> It'll cup. It'll be just like just, sticky drama. You're not going to use it yourself. That'd be a pain. No, no, no. no, no. It'll be no, just no, like you use drama. your life partner's coffee cup holder. Right? Like like What if you 
are not in a relationship. Then you need to find <laughs> someone to just... fill you up. She's <laughs> talking about going down a dark path. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. All right. We're here. We're the sounding board. We're a leaner, meaner sounding board that actually wants to uh, cut down on the, nice. the overall length of the show a little bit and talk more about... Just like my dingus. Yeah, just like your dingus. We want to cut down on the overall too length. Long. And uh, <laughs> talk too more long. about music. Girthy, too. So, Robbie... <laughs> You've been listening to some stuff, man. Sometimes. You you sent me uh you sent me some things that you were here to talk about other than the uncluded. So what do you got? Um I got some stuff. Uh <clears throat> I listened just like, you know, throughout the week I listened to a little bit of indie rock, bullish, some front bottoms, archers of loaf. Built to spill uh, the classics, perhaps. the Robbie classics. Some of my least favorite yeah. bands of all time. Yeah, Camden hates all that music. <laughs> it's not twangy enough, he says. Speaking, yeah. Speaking of music that Camden, I don't, hates, I don't like the diddlies. I, uh, I went to the grand opening of KEXP's new location and managed to get there when they were interviewing uh, city council people instead of actually playing music. So, I bought a copy of. Illinois by Sufjan Stevens and left. Nice. Yeah, I hate that album too. Yep, the worst. (laughs) (laughs) I've definitely never talked positively about that album on this show. Isn't it called Ohio? (laughs) I don't know. So I think so. Yeah. (laughs) You sent me Ohio is for lovers. I I I listened to some other stuff. Damn it. Okay. (laughs) Well, tell him. Uh, I listen to uh, I listen to I, I don't know what do you, what would you call it the soundtrack to uh, Ham Hamilton the musical okay the musical that people the are musical. are talking a lot about and that it costs like seven hundred dollars to get about. tickets to like holy shit yeah. getting a seat for Hamilton yeah, is no, expensive I'm... right now yeah so I've listened to the first half of this is it is it still going yeah it's yeah like, okay. Uh, yeah. Duh. Well, I don't, know. I don't know. I think I believe it's touring currently. Um, <laughs> duh, I've listened to the first half of it, and I haven't listened to the second half yet. And I, I don't. It's I, pretty dank, dude. Yeah. I, so I don't. I don't feel super comfortable going really in depth on musicals, just because like there's a lot to them that I don't understand, and there's a lot of convention and and like history. But let's talk a little bit about this one because I think it's really interesting. It's just. It's just. Uh, it's. People singing in like a play, Josh. What's so hard to understand? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. I guess like they're a whole genre in and of themselves. But uh, I don't listen to very many musicals or watch very many musicals. Um, this one's just popular, and I decided to check it out. And it's like really. It's like a just a modernized uh, telling of uh, Alexander Hamilton's story. You know, like one of the country's like founders. So this, you know, of course, a, a philandering, wait, founders of founders a philandering. Of con- what are you ta- the founder of country music? 
<laughs> yeah, so there's actually yeah. a lot of kind of interesting stuff with Hamilton, I think. Uh, the musical in particular. The guy who wrote it is the same guy who did In the Heights, right? The the one that we talked about last year. And, uh... Oh, flashback. Yeah, hey, callback. Cha-cha-cha-cha-cha-cha! He's, <laughs> he's talked a lot about sort of his process for writing this. And, like, that album was Latin hip-hop, right? But this is very much a black hip-hop um, show. And... Yeah, what he's said is that he not all of it, but yeah, mostly he considered uh, he considered Hamilton's story when he read it. He thought it was really resonant with sort of the American dream, and in particular with with Biggie. Like he saw a ton of parallels between Hamilton and Biggie, which is sort of why he decided to modernize the show in the way he did. And if you don't know anything about it, um, it's got. Since it's Hamilton's life, it's got all the founding fathers in it, and they're all played by, by black men, right? They're all played by pretty talented black rappers. Um, it's it's cool. What you, what'd you think? Well, I mean, I only listened to... Like, I listened to them on YouTube, mm-hmm. so I had no idea who was doing what, and I just listened to the stuff. And I had no idea about anything that you just said. I didn't know any of that, but that's all very interesting. I just, yeah, I've just been listening to it, like, uh, for the last two days, pretty, pretty constantly. It's just, uh, you know, it's like, it's almost like a concept album. I mean, when you're just listening to it, aside yeah. from well, yeah. anything else. It tells a story. It's just like a story, mm-hmm. obviously, yeah, but, uh, I don't know. It's just really, it's just really good. Um, <clears throat> just, uh... It's funny that it always comes back to, I mean, every, like, a lot of stories about, like, America's, uh, I don't know, past heroes, they always come back to them being, like, some fucking, like, douchebag, like, you know, slave owner or, like, wife beater or something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. But, you know, I guess Hamilton wasn't that bad. When you, when you, like... I don't know. <laughs> it's really funny in the beginning. It's like it's really cool. You're like Hamilton's like the cool dude and like the protagonist, and then he's almost the antagonist by the end because he he just like you know perpetrates all this shit and like is a dingus. And like there's this one song that's uh, the uh, perspective of his wife, and uh, that's a really good one. That one's called Burn, and. Uh, back and we had about three and a half minutes of hamilton discussion that we may have lost we're gonna see what we can do in post-production to repair that oh well it's just hamilton it's just hamilton (laughs) it's just a musical like just a musical it's fine it's it's okay we can just we can just talk about explosions in the sky now yeah would you would you recommend hamilton as someone who's like because i don't know i don't know if you're usually you said you don't usually listen to musicals, Robbie, and I know I'm definitely not usually into musicals, but... Yeah, dude, I fuck, ch- I fuck chicks. 
<laughs> Do you think it, <laughs> think it would still it'd still be worth checking out though? Yeah, dude. Definitely. Okay. All right. Totally. All right. It's really good. Okay. That's the that's the impression. That's I what get. I was, that's what I was trying to say is that it's yeah. like uh, a lot of people are like raving about it. Like a lot of people like around our age who like you know, um, it's like good, but yeah, it's just like kind of accessible. Like I was saying, that may have been deleted or whatever. Um, yeah, I think we, who we knows? Have lost that. <laughs> who knows? But, we'll find but, out. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, it's really good. We can okay. talk yeah, about it's... explosions in the sky now. It's, okay. it's good. It tells a it tells a, an interesting story, and it, like it, I didn't know Hamilton's life before I listened to it. Yeah, and that dude, mm. that dude lived, like yeah, born an orphan in the Caribbean. He killed it. Holy shit. Um, and also, like, who knew that Aaron Burr was such an interesting person? Yeah, and a jerk, jerkhead killer guy, jerk. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I, I never liked Aaron Burr growing up, but I liked him a little bit more after I listened to Hamilton. Burr. Sir, we keep. Oh meeting. my god! Uh, <laughs> let's talk about explosions in the sky. Actually, let's you guys talk about explosions in the sky because I haven't listened to it yet. Okay, w- wilderness. Uh, the wilderness, yeah. I'm in which sure... they don't, they don't get more wild than usual. On this yeah. album, isn't <laughs> it? Isn't doesn't it pay homage to the film? Into the uh, world? I don't. I never heard that. I'm pretty sure. Did you read that somewhere, son? That's like the inspiration for it, or yeah, dude. Where'd you read that? I just made it up. Just now, <laughs> it's not a thing. God damn it, Robbie! No, You're turning well, my podcast I mean, into a house of lies. It's well, it was it was a joke. And you guys took it too far. <laughs> you're, you're right. Yeah. You're right. So, okay. All right. So, yeah. Well, tell me about this album. This album's good. This is a this is a band that that uh, Camden and Joey and I and I have uh, been into for a long, long time. How old is this band, Camden? When did they start? Like the late later nineties. Um. Yeah, maybe like early two thousands. I think. I no, think no, I'm pretty sure it was the later nineties, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like I their, said, <laughs> their first, yeah, their first album. I'm looking up right now. Came out January seventeenth, two thousand. So sure. you're you're right. <laughs> We're both right. Good. Idea. I mean, that's that's like at at best the very edge of the late nineties. Right, right, but that's then, your first album release, so they've probably been playing for like two or three years. Yeah, they were a band before that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know, Camden. You should probably talk about him because you probably know more about him. And you know, you let's talk to it. <laughs> let's talk to it. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah. So these guys are pretty much like the. Uh, Post-rock I'd say gods. like the yeah they're they're kind of like the the tip of the iceberg for getting into post rock for people our age I would say like because um, they're not as like they don't make stuff that's like huge and like hard to get into as uh, not hard to get into but like huge as expan and expansive as like Godspeed or like Mogwai so they're yes. a little more yes. they're a little more just like really 
really pretty <laughs> on yes. other songs. Yes, but so Cameron, it's like, what yeah. does post rock mean? Does that mean huh? after rock? It's it's rock, yeah, and it's rock mm-hmm. that you primarily play in a post office. Yeah, yeah. You primarily play tremolo with really fast and high delay yeah. on. Yeah, so so Explosion of the Sky, there's a lot of different styles in post-rock, um, especially in, like, the period where they were just starting to make, you know, and release albums. Um, but they kind of became the uh, standard for something in post-rock that became kind of a stereotype, like the whole, like, crescendo core thing. Oh, yeah. Where it's just, like... Uh, yeah. Basically, like, a lot of bands... A lot of builds... Um, yeah or it's like just build some crescendos and really not much else happening besides that um i'm not saying like they definitely have that in their music but i think they like inspired a lot of cookie cutter bands yeah that that kind of did the the sound in like less interesting ways and just kind of sounded like less interesting explosions in the sky albums yeah (laughs) so they're i mean they're yeah and and like all the stuff i'm saying about them being like tip of the iceberg and stuff i'm not trying to talk down on them at all like i really like this band a lot no um, yeah but you're I just, but like I it's like it's you. like the, it's usually like the first post-rock band people get into and because yeah. they've had a lot of uh stuff like way out in the mainstream like they did the soundtrack for friday night lights and all that stuff so oh yeah like a lot it's of like, like all, a lot most of their discography is like dedicated to that show isn't it uh no i don't think so <laughs> i think they only oh, have really? one I think they oh, have really? the one album, and then there's that song on um, the "Your Hand and Mine" was used in that show as well, I think. But then they have like a whole album that's original music they made for that movie, and I think it's actually like an alternate version of that song. But uh, yeah. But I mean, yeah, most of their stuff. Um, so this one that just came out is their seventh album, and it's been like a little bit since they released one because I think last time they released an album I was living with you in the P-Dub dorms. What? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, yeah, cuz I remember I remember lis- listening to that one. Yeah. The Take Care Take Care Take Care that album. Uh, that was yeah. 2011. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, so that was so long ago. <laughs> right? Holy dang. Yeah, so it's been like it's been like just about five years. The year after we since. graduated, and we're just like, oh, we're little smoglets. <laughs> smoglets, yeah. <laughs> and like it's... phallics, and he's like, let's ride. Fuck it, let's ride. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, what do you think of this album compared to, or like just in general? The like, rest? Oh, well, stuff? like yeah. everything you just talked about, like about their sound, the crescendos, the. How they, you know, created, like, you know, um, uh, almost like a niche in the genre. Uh, mm-hmm. They, they're like, they kind of got out of that a lot with this album, I think. Yeah, I think like, so, it's too. a lot different than all that. It's not, like, mm-hmm. completely fucking crazy change. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I but, feel like this was a lot more, I guess, a lot more subtle than some of the stuff they've been doing before. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, it was more subtle and it was more like uh, I don't know, like um, it like more style laden, like with different styles, you know, rather than just like their own. Yeah. Um, there was like a lot of there was some like 
super like poppy stuff in there mm-hmm. and and uh uh it was like um kind of electronic too in some yeah, spots yeah they, yeah they had a bunch where they're like working synths and stuff and it like, was kind of like a little, a little more than they usually do in in a lot of their music because usually yeah. it's pretty much all just guitar shit. yeah 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 and it was kind of like chill like wavy almost sometimes yeah yeah and uh yeah i liked it a lot um i'm really glad they did it they're like they gotta be kind of how old like how old are those dudes by now <laughs> probably a little older. i don't know but i mean yeah they've they've been around for a while now if their first they've, album came out in 2000 like that's 16 yeah. years of being in the same yeah. band um, yeah and uh yeah they've they've kind of like laid low i think for most of their like career you know they're like they just make albums and tour kind of you know um yeah they're still like doing it on their own time like it's taking you know several years yeah albums to come out yeah because they definitely they definitely were at the point where they were popular they're popular enough where they definitely could have just like totally capitalized on that yeah and uh just drop like shitloads of the same album over and over again yeah they could have been um, like on disney or some shit <laughs> yeah. seriously like fucking game of thrones or fucking yeah. like, real world i don't know <laughs> one of those shows <laughs> all those all those very similar shows yeah, yeah. could have been on any of those big bang theory uh, i don't know yeah well, <laughs> anything on tv really uh yeah, I was I was into it. I I thought it was cool that they, because um, I kind of agree. I think they tried to do something different with their sound. Um, it seems like it was more focused on like subtler dynamics, and there was a little more of a range in like the instrumentation they used. So uh, I thought that was cool. Like it seems like they're going new places. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. They I mean, kind of had to. They couldn't. Yeah. I mean, like like they if, could if just they, do the it, same thing again. Yeah. But, like I feel if like they had they... released the same thing again, I probably wouldn't have been super into it. I, yeah. like, I can just go listen to Earth is Not a Cold Dead Place or the um, All of a Sudden I Miss Everyone. It would be way better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are pretty good um, album names, all things yeah. considered. <clears throat> they yeah, have they, a lot of really uh, good names for their stuff. They do, yeah. Aren't they, they from, a... were are they from Austin, Texas? Uh, yeah, I think they're from Austin, yeah. They've also got uh, "Those Who Tell the Truth Shall Die" and "Those Who Tell the Truth Shall Live Forever." That's a good name. <laughs> mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Damn. They really put a lot of thought into that. Yeah. Either that, or they were super duper stoned. Well, when you're, you know, when you're an instrumental band, you gotta say a lot in your song titles. You know. It's true. It's true. You don't have many words to use. Yeah. Your own. Yeah. That's that's totally like another post rock trope <laughs> it's yeah, having like yeah. ridiculously long song titles that, yeah references <laughs> to like like personal band shit you know yeah yeah uh, totally totally sick as fuck Chad, I, yeah i was i was i was happy with it um i don't like i'm not sure how often i'm gonna come back to that album but i'll probably swing back and like check it out every once in a while yeah i actually I was didn't glad. i didn't listen like i haven't been listening to it that much i listened to it like twice maybe three times yes yeah. yeah i think and, i heard uh, about three times over the last like month or so yeah or, and i, and since I didn't it came like, out get, yeah i didn't get tired of it or anything but i was just like yeah this is good i'm glad about it 
And, yes. you know, I accept it. Totally. I accept you. Yeah. You accept well, it. Camden, you've been listening to a couple a couple other albums that you, uh, you sent me. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of stuff, but I what? figured I'd keep it low. Low and slow, dude. Like, like, what <laughs> crap? Well, I've been listening to you complaining a lot. Well, you're gonna keep Burr, on this episode. <laughs> Shut up and start telling us your list of stuff. Come on, <laughs> we've got all night. Uh, all right, the main ones I wanted to talk about this week are uh, the new Tim Hecker album, which came out a couple weeks <sighs> back. Just <laughs> 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 so, so you're like just full full opinion, just grown. <laughs> Really, I didn't um, even have enough time to make that much of an opinion about it. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but this is an album release I've been really looking forward to uh, <sighs> this year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let him talk um, about it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so the new Tim Ecker album is called Love Streams. Um, just came out on April 8th. It's, uh, I think, another really... So Tim Hecker is kind of like a, um, well, he's an ambient artist in like the most general sense. And he kind of goes into like darker ambient sounds a lot. And he does a lot of like sampling of um, live instrumentation and like a lot of like chopping up of vocals and stuff, which he does a lot on this album. Um, He did a lot in his last one, which was called Virgins, which was a really, really cool um, interesting album um and he like focused more on that on this one like he took a a lot of like choral voices and used them all in like really weird ways um i don't know it's like yeah it's 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 one of those things like it's only really going to be appealing to you if you're into ambient music at all or if it's you're just... a freaking robot or if you're a robot <laughs> yeah i'm pretty well, sure yeah, you're one of the aliens the... from they camden <laughs> I recently heard an album described as two modems having sex. Is this in that ballpark, or are we um, talking? I would no, definitely not. Wait, All why right. did you why did you think it would sound like two modems having sex? He said robots. You know. Oh well, yeah. It doesn't sound. It doesn't meant, sound robotic. I meant more like you have to be a fucking brain dead zombie freak to enjoy this. <laughs> wow cold wow cold <laughs> not really it's good it's just like i've i've like been to like a few uh things like like live ambient yeah that, that weren't like this at all really but yeah. you know we're like the same kind of feeling and it's really awkward and that's like the only good thing about it is that like the like tension is really weird and like nobody knows like because like when someone's doing that live it's like are they uh, like, is this a good show? Are they messing up? Are they doing, is it a good show? Do they practice this? Like, cause it's just like, <laughs> I, don't, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I think that's kind of a oversimplification of it. Yeah. Like, a little, a little what bit. are you talking about? Like, dude? I think that was just like perfect, perfect description <laughs> of all ambient. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like I said, it's like the things that I've been to weren't quite like this. But it's the same, like, I don't know. I think I feel the same feeling of just, like, kind of... Th- this is kind of, like, more... Um, I-, I guess, like, when it's recorded as opposed to live, it's a lot different. But 
this is a lot more, I don't know, chill and like, I don't know, less well, chaotic. Camden. But... Yeah. Camden, I didn't listen to that much of it. of it. Camden <laughs> wasn't what afraid of it. What did you think of it? <laughs> How did you like I, it? I know, I know you've oh been looking God. forward to it. Like was, you said. Yeah, I was, I was really into it. I don't think it's as, uh, as interesting an album as uh, Virgins was, but um, I thought he did a lot of cool things with the vocals, and I don't know. It's like the thing I get out of it. It's, it's like one of those things you can kind of just uh, feel like a bourgeois throw on, like. <laughs> God, <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um. Anyways, I thought it was really good. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't bad. Yeah. It was... I know. Well, Did you listen to it, Josh? I I haven't. Like I I oh. so I've listened to some ambient music, right? Like I was a big fan of Tired Sounds of Stars of the Lid when we listened to that. Yeah. How does this? Yeah, like I, that's Stars of the Lid is a little more like warm overall. Like a lot of the sounds on here are pretty warm, but he'll um move into stuff that can like get a little more harsh not like a ton on this album but he definitely has that in aspects where we'll move into like more noisy stuff mm-hmm. or uh stuff that's a little more jarring um and the way it's 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 not as like expansive and like drawn out as stars of the lid is like it's very much like sort of like an ebb and flow type thing where you don't really know where it's gonna go okay next. so it like, doesn't yeah it, it doesn't trade on the the sort of like stretchiness the sort of like wash over you feeling that that stars yeah it doesn't have as many of those like really like soft warm tones that just like wash over you like Mm -hmm. to the extent that that album does Um, interesting it has aspects of that but it's uh i don't want to say like i want to say like there's probably more going on in like as like a select period of time than you would find in something like stars of the lid yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, because that yeah. album was slow. Like that album. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, languished. it's like a two-hour album. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know. That yeah, it's always cool. it's always kind of it's always kind of hard to describe ambient music. Right. Um, it's like how do you how do you pick... like? Go ahead. Sorry. No, but anyways, I like if you're a fan of that kind of stuff, I'd definitely recommend checking this album out. Yeah, I was happy it's with it. The sort of soundscapes feeling. It's the. Is this a close your eyes and listen album? I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. No, I, I might have to check that out. All right. So uh, you listen to Tim Hecker. Yeah. And then you listen to something, and I, I've i got a name written here, but I don't know how it's said or what it means. Or I'm not sure what it is either. It's, uh, it looks like Chiasmos. They're like a Icelandic um, <laughs> sort of like... <laughs> but do you find Icelanders funny? Lutvisk, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, no, they're a group from Iceland. That's uh, this sort of like modern classical composer named Olafur Arnolds. Oh, that a very dude. Icelandic name. I know that. And G. Some... <laughs> yeah, did he and stop by guy... for like for for like a little a little sesh the other night? Yeah, he dropped off a couple of his albums for me on the bay. <laughs> Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. He's a good guy. He'll do that. He's a good guy. So, yeah. So, what is Kiasmos? Yeah, it's um, so it's that guy, the composer Olafur Arnolds, and then a like electronic music producer named Janis Rasmussen, and um, it's pretty much like Janus what it sounds Rasmussen? like with those two. Uh, Rasm- Rasmussen. Rasmussen. Not Rasputin. 
No, Rasmussen. Rasmussen. <laughs> oh, Rasmussen. All right, carry on. No. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty much like it's just kind of like a meeting ground between uh, modern classical stuff. Like, there's a lot of like like piano and string compositions. Like, what you'd hear with something someone like uh, like Dustin O'Halloran or like Nils Fromm or something. Um, and then mixed with like yeah, uh, yeah, minimal techno type stuff, kind of like like a Tycho ish sound. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really cool album. I. Uh, I actually got it into them because I was really into that Nils Fromm album I was talking about last week, and then I was just like looking for stuff I hadn't heard of that was on the same label that that album got released on. So I ran across this one, and it's really fucking good. Yeah, All right. so it's just like yeah. Sick. I think I think you'd actually be into this album, Robbie. So oh word, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I have a few Olafar Arnold's albums yeah. and uh, Motorcyclist. He, he, yeah. He, what? Sorry, there yeah. was a, a motorcycle he, drove by my house and it definitely got picked up by the podcast. Oh, oh, word. I didn't hear it. Um, yeah, totally. Olafar Arnaldist. Arnolds. Iceland, that's how you say it in Iceland, Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Iceland has some pretty cool cool chill nice music and then some you yeah. know other stuff that's not as cool too <laughs> like eve funny. online what but also say so you guys don't know about eve that's a story for another time uh you guys i Wally? listened to something oh, i listened to something and i want to talk about it uh yeah. last year we talked a whole lot about sturgill simpson and his album i don't think Metal we Modern talked a whole Sounds. lot about it <laughs> he came up he came up <laughs> yeah. Meta that makes it sound like sound. the Mountain Goats or something. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. Have you guys been also, watching professional wrestling? No. no. Still Meta not Modern doing that. Sounds in Country Music was his album last year. And he's actually put out a new one this year called A Sailor's Guide to Earth. And it's kind of interesting. Um, he, he, would, he would pitch it as a country album. I don't think it sounds much like a country album, personally. But it's sort of like... Dude was in the Navy when he was younger, so this is like him doing a very personal project that he, you know, he produced himself uh, sort of as a, like, a letter to his son, in a way. Uh, something that his son could listen to after he was gone and, and like, have some sense of who his father was. Um, and I think it's really cool. I think it's really interesting. But in particular, uh, I was talking with one of my friends about one of the tracks on there is it's a it's a cover of In Bloom by Nirvana, uh, and I don't know oh, if you Nirvana guys have had the yeah oh. <laughs> yeah In Bloom was Nirvana. Uh, oh. I don't know if you guys have had the chance to listen to it yet, but I thought it was super cool, and I wanted to to bring it up and talk about it a little bit because I think there was some really interesting stuff with it. Yeah, I listened to it. I listened to the album up until that point because then I had to go do other things. Okay, so yeah. before we get into In Bloom, what did you think about the album? Uh, yeah, I liked it. Um, I mean, I definitely still see it as like pretty based in country. Uh, mm-hmm. Like he definitely goes and like expands his sound a little bit, but he he had already been been kind of doing that. You know, not to like yeah. insane degrees, of course, but he definitely like takes uh, takes he's, like style cues from different styles of music and stuff. He's always um, kind of been like alt country, hasn't he? Yeah, no, totally, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's definitely, like, one of the more prominent, like, alt-country artists 
making stuff he, today. He definitely broadens it here. Like he brings in more horns and things like that. But yeah, um, like I thought, I thought the opening track to the album was really cool. I like that a lot. Welcome um, to Earth, Polywog. Yeah. So yeah, that do was you know a what cool a Polywog is? No, I don't. I What's learned that? this really um, recently. No, uh, a Polywog oh. is a term for someone in the Navy who has not sailed across the equator. Has not been south of the equator huh. on a ship, I believe. Um, so, yeah, it's super interesting. But I kind of wanted to talk about In Bloom in particular. Um, first of all, what do you think of that cover? It was a good cover. So, did yeah, you... I, uh, sorry, go ahead. Um, yeah, I, I, didn't, I know you are going to bring up the lyrical differences, and I didn't take time to check out what those are. I th- like, I thought it was... I, I heard a, this song get brought up a lot recently, and I think it's like... It's it's good. I don't know. It doesn't really grab me that much because I like don't really like the original of the song mm-hmm. to begin with. Um, but oh, I don't yeah. know. So I, I didn't I, I didn't really have I, like strong feelings on it. Yeah, I way. feel the same way as Camden. Pretty much like I I liked it. It was good, but yeah, I don't so, think I was. I'm on the same tip as you are about it. Yeah, yeah. So what I wanted to talk about was like you said, the lyric change. Um, there's only one line that's changed in the song. Uh, yeah. It, it is it is almost entirely identical, except you know in the chorus of In Bloom, Cobain sings and he don't know what it means and he don't know what it means and I say yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Sturgill changes and and I think before we go any further, like the way that I interpret this and the way that people I've talked about interpret this, this is a song about someone that Kurt Cobain sees as like kind of fundamentally ir- Oh damn! Oh, Holy shit, high, bro! Jump on your <laughs> freaking rocket! Someone's dude. ripping it. Yeah, biker uh, so, boys for life. So, so from from what I I kind of see through the lyrics, like Cobain describes someone who he sees as kind of fundamentally irredeemable. Like he's describing like a douchebag jock, right? Like he knows the words to his favorite song and he likes to sing along and he likes to shoot his gun, but he don't know what it means. And Cobain never actually says what it means, right? Like he never says it. Yeah. Um, So, so (laughs) he doesn't really describe any like path to redemption for this person, but Sturgill in his version, the lyric has changed to, but I mean, that would have been pretty corny if he did. I mean, maybe. Like, if he's like, this is the meaning of the song. <laughs> but that's what Simpson does, yeah. right? Like, he changes the lyric to be, but he don't know what it means to love someone. Right? That's not in the original song? I don't no, know. that's not. Okay. Nope. That is that is a Sturgill Simpson original. And it, it, like, immediately, to me at least, it, it's like, here is the path to redemption for this person that he's singing about. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really interesting. Um and and like kind of at least to me changed the meaning of the song a little bit, uh, so I I thought it was cool and I wanted to bring that up. Um, nice. What's kind of interesting about that is when he put this song on the album, he and his his folks were really concerned that the Cobain estate wouldn't approve the cover because of the lyric change, so he actually wrote them a letter where he basically said you know i like kurt cobain is one of my idols and he taught me that i could be a man and still be sensitive Mm -hmm. and 
I I believe that was a, a big reason for the the approval of the change in lyrics. And like I said, I think it's a really interesting uh, cover, and the music video is fantastic. It's like weird abstract art shit. It's so cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, the cover is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I, I, I felt I'm probably gonna listen to the rest of this album this week. Uh, like I said, like that cover didn't really grab me that much, but I did like the originals I heard on. Yeah, there was a lot of good stuff on the album, there. so I'm definitely gonna come back to it and finish it up. Yeah, yeah, and if you get the chance, like check out the the music video to In Bloom because I think it was really well done. It's like it's like okay. multimedia art turned into a music video. Well, okay. I guess my music video kind of is multimedia art, but, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, about that a little bit because I thought it was really interesting. And I, from what I've, I've heard most of the album now, uh, and I like it all a lot. I, I nice. like Sturgill a, a whole bunch. And, like, In Bloom is a song that I think hits, like, the nostalgia center of the brain of a lot of people. Right, um, yeah, and, for sure. And, and it definitely does for me. So I thought it was really cool to see, like, a take on it that, that kind of changed the meaning of the song a little bit. Like, it 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 becomes way more hopeful than, than Cobain's original thing. And I, I guess that's reasonable, because Cobain wasn't exactly a hopeful dude. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah. But, that he uh, was a hopeful dude, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, you I'm agreeing. That he's a hopeful. I was like, "Wow, you're gonna tell me that Cobain yeah. was a hopeful dude? Are you joking?" <laughs> yeah, the very definition of a hopeful dude. I bet he say. hopes that the first bullet did it. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, you know, mm, no, no, we're we're gonna we're gonna move along now, like uh, right now. Uh, what, what what if we what are if here he to talk about an album that you chose, Robbie? You chose, Robbie. You chose "Hokey Fright" by The Uncluded. And you, no, uh, I want to talk about Kurt Cobain more. <laughs> no. <laughs> when you chose Hokey Freight by the Included, you didn't really choose it. You put it on a wheel and you spun the wheel and the wheel chose it. But here yes, we sir. are. We're and here. now you got to tell me a little bit about the Included. A little bit. I'll tell you a give lot some... if you'd like. Okay, give me some background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there isn't, like, too much background about how... Uh, well, okay, so the Included is a uh, collaboration. A hot collabo, uh, would you say? A hot collab, collaborative <laughs> attempt by Kimmy Dawson, formerly of the Moldy Peaches, and rapper Aesop Rock. And, uh... Um, Currently still Aesop Rock. Yes. Aesop Rock... Is, uh, of ASAP Rock, <laughs> not 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 a uh, not, not ASAP Rocky. Different yes, person. thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's make that distinction. This is not ASAP Rocky. Yeah, that's a different. That's a different collab. We should have said that at the beginning <laughs> of the episode. This is not about. You should just name the episode that. This is not about ASAP Rocky. Not ASAP Rocky. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, tell me yeah. about them. So, Kimmy Dawson and ASAP Rock. Who are, well, who are, who are, well, so Aesop is a white rapper, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And 
the moldy peaches, they were what did they do? What was what was their thing? What They're, was their sound? Their sound. Their they <laughs> their, sound. their sound was actually like pretty particular. It was like uh coined as um anti garbage. Yes. Nice. I'm sure someone coined it as a garbage. Wow, wow, but, wow, wow, wow. wow. It wasn't oh, the most fired. amazing. It wasn't the most amazing. I remember. Okay, so they. So she also. Uh, Kimmy Dawson, who's in the Moldy Peaches, she also did, chose a bunch of uh, songs for the film Juno. And, yeah. Because uh, she's, yeah. like, friends with the writer and director, Diablo Cody. And I think she, that was the moment that, like, made Moldy Peaches really. Yeah, that Popular, soundtrack. Sure. That soundtrack uh, <laughs> went to went platinum, and really, uh, I, yeah, and like um, I have, I have very mixed feelings about that movie. I liked it a lot the first time I saw it, and kind of liked it less every time afterwards. <laughs> oh yeah, it's kind of <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Right. Well, I mean, it, yeah, you kind of just get older, and it's like no, no, no. No teenage girl is that clever, first of all, ever in their life, you know, especially one who gets pregnant, you know, <laughs> just like a, a, a like a really, really clever, like 1980s movie reference in every other line and shit. Like, I don't know. It's just like writing like that is like, you know, it's like fun and cute and kitschy or whatever, but it's like so unrealistic. Like it became really big for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah. really big. Okay, yeah, so she did so, she and the Moldy Peaches did a bunch of music for that movie or chose the soundtrack uh, for that movie. Yeah, well she she chose like uh Moldy Peaches music. Moldy Peaches actually so alright. I'll just uh They only had like just, one or two albums. Like, yeah, yeah, they didn't a while have, back, huh? But but they were yeah, but they were very um they were very uh like they've been playing together for a long, long time. Um, yeah. Let me just start with like what I have here in my notes. At the um, dawn of time, Kimya at Dawson. At the dawn of Dawson, me. at the Kimya of the Dawson, when the November of the seventeenth year of seventy-two. I can't. It's crazy that she's forty-three. She sounds so not forty-three. Uh, so yeah, Kimya Dawson, born November seventeenth. 72, um, in Bedford Hills, New York. Um, she moved between there and Washington a lot in, like, her, um, her youth. Uh, yeah, she lives in Olympia now, right? Um, yeah, I I think, yeah. She lived, she lived there for a while. Um, yeah, I don't know where she lives now. She lived in Seattle and Olympia, like, a bunch. Mm -hmm. Um... She formed the Moldy Peaches in, like, the 90s, like, the late later 90s. Um, but kind of, like, you know, intermittently throughout. Because uh, I think... Um, I read something about it, and it was, like, the, 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 the Moldy Peaches was her and another guy. Um, I can't remember his name, but he lived in, Wash- or in New York, and she, like, was traveling to Washington all the time. And then, like, back and forth, and they were just, like, playing music. And then, uh, apparently, he went with her one time to Washington, and that's when they actually formed Moldy Peaches. <clears throat> so they disbanded in 2004. Um, 
Yeah, she did all the stuff for Juno, and that just, like, uh, that kind of, like, put her, um, you know, a little bit in the, um, in the public eye, I guess, you know, um, that song. Anyone else but you. Thank you, sir. That song, oh my god, that song is so ridiculous. It's pretty, it's pretty cute, but it's just like, oh my god, like, put on a Wes Anderson movie. (laughs) Like, <laughs> yeah that's yeah totally and uh <laughs> yeah put on a scarf and a flannel on a West Anderson movie and ride your fixie somewhere on like <laughs> on, on like an autumn day uh um uh, the story I have a story okay so yeah gu- gu- guitar class uh I think senior year my senior year of high school I took guitar class and uh What's her oh, name? that's where you learn to play guitar? Yeah, that's how I learned how to play guitar. <laughs> senior year. Not that long ago. Uh, what's her name? Miss Kelly? Miss Kelly? Yeah. Uh, and that she tried to, like, give an example of, like, how easy it is to play guitar. And that, like, song is, like, two chords. It's just, like, G and C. And, mm-hmm. uh, and she, like, gave that as an example. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, that. <laughs> from then on, that song has always just, like, been that for me. Just, like, the yeah. lame guitar teacher who doesn't know anything about she like wasn't that anyways yeah. uh you know but before oh. first oh. of all f- for that genre that's probably like the most popular album in that genre anti-folk which definitely which is basically <laughs> just like folk music but you're not good at singing and you're better at writing lyrics i guess I guess is what anti-folk is. It's more geared towards, um, I guess, um, the government and being more straightforward and personal. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely... I think that was a big part of it, is just, like, being more just, like, blatantly personal and... Uh, self-deprecatingly. You know, of, like, yeah, super self-deprecating. Stuff like yeah. that. Um, totally. But yeah, it's yeah, probably def- it's, definitely the most almost... popular anti-folk album it's basically Especially like after folk Juno punk, came out. almost in some ways. Yeah. It's, it, a lot of it. It's like it. It sounds a lot like folk, but lyrically, like it's it's basically like yeah. It's a, it's a response. It's almost it's, like rap. It's almost like rap. Folk, like uh, like yeah. Folk it? was uh, folk was super like earnest and like yeah, America, feel good, man. Yeah. Um, for a, a long time, and this was like, no, fuck that. We all feel real bad. That's what's actually well, going on. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think that's accurate at all. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. Like, because like folk Shots music's fired. always been folk music's always been really like political and like activist. Yeah, ways. yeah. Mm-hmm. For like sure. it's definitely, it's definitely never just like, been like, yeah, hoorah, America. That's yeah. totally not what. All right. It's always been like, fair we, at all. Right. Okay. Well, I can I can I, I can see what like he there, means too. I can I can see what he means too. There's another side of folk music that's like, you know, like uh, oh god, what's that bungholes name? I don't know. I don't know his name. Uh, yeah, I can't remember his name. But that uh, guy. I, that I, guy. I can okay. I can see what you mean. Uh, it's there it's there, there was the... there's like an there's like well the, you know what we're talking about is an, is American folk music, which is like yeah. you know. But yeah, you're you're both kind of right. I would say maybe maybe um, describing but... it as yeah, America was not correct. Uh, it, I meant I think I meant more like more of the the sort of earnest like I don't know I don't know how to describe it the the we can make it sort of feeling right yeah well 
it's kind of like what we were talking about in with the um, Van Lee Rose. You know, like the it's like you know American folk music is like Americana. You know, so it's um, uh, a lot of people are kind of I don't know in tune with it, and it's uh, yeah, very like reflective of um, like early early American issues. You know, mm-hmm. um, so like you know what you're talking about, Camden is like you know like Woody Guthrie shit yeah. and like. Um, you know, like laborers union shit and like that kind of folk. But then there was kind of like this other side of folk that was like, I don't know, more like poppy, I guess, and less like underground worker man, like everyman type shit. And, uh, yeah. And that was like almost borderline country, I guess I'd say. Um, so I don't know. But, well, then there's any- like types that were just pretty much just like pop music like simon and garfunkel or something yeah exactly yeah. Like yeah, yeah yeah it's a, it's a big but, genre and anti-folk yeah. aims to subvert yeah it, I think. i'd say yeah. yeah i'd say overall like anti-folk is just more like personal and more cynical yeah mm. like uh, uh for sure uh, like another ex- good example of a modern of, or just like a anti-folk artist is mountain goats um yeah okay yeah, yeah. If anybody listens to them I oh, mean, you mean that band we've mentioned over and any, over and anyone over and listening? Over and over and over. Anyone listening? I mean, yeah. Um, you did you did you miss the? You're not allowed to mention the Mountain Goats on the sounding board anymore. <laughs> yeah, really? we we we, we kind of mentioned them enough to last forever. <laughs> I, I love the Mountain Goats. I actually had a coworker play me some of the Mountain Goats the other day and be like, "You have to recognize this," and I was like, "I sure do." Sure does. Okay, anyway. more about more about Kimya. Kimya, she plays, <laughs> she has a unique style um, herself, like in in the genre of anti folk. Um, her singing is very like um, childlike and timid. Um, um, I don't know. She just she kind of just sounds like a little girl most of the time, uh, but. But like, it, there's you know, it's like, uh, so her 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 voice is like, I don't know, yeah, kind of like timid and childlike. But her her lyrics are like, you know, kind of um, very like poetic and verbose, and you know, like we were saying before, um, very personal set, like, huh? Direct, like at, at direct, times, yeah, direct, direct, yeah, yeah, very, yeah, very direct, and. Uh, and yeah, very personal, self-deprecating, and you know, just like um... a lot of times, they deal with like some real shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, for sure. I think one yeah, of the things, yeah, just I think one of the like, things I really he... like. Sorry, go ahead, finish your. your I was just gonna say it's a big theme for this album. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think one of the things I really like about Kimya and her lyrics is she can be super poetic. And she can be very descriptive and give you, like, tell you a story. But then she can also cut right to the fucking heart of the matter. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, and she's she's really, really good. It's, it's like, it's really poetry-based in that, like, it really, like, it's, um, it's all, like, lyrics and, and words that, um, make you feel any sort of, um you know, theme or emotion or mood of the song because the, um, the, I guess like the instrumentation isn't the point, 
you know, of, yeah. of that yeah. kind of music. That she's playing just like one or two chords, probably not even full chords on the on the on an acoustic guitar, and she's just like, you know, that's why I compared it to rapping because it's just focused on the lyrics mostly, and the lyrics um, have to be, you know. It's not. It's not catchy. You know. It's not. The point isn't to be catchy. It's to be. You know. Um, gripping. You know. And uh, yeah. So yeah, that's fucking pretty fucking dank. Uh, she. Let's, uh, uh, let's wrap around to to Aesop real quick and touch. Well, on him okay. A bit. Whoa. Let me finish. I'm almost done, brother. Okay. Jeez, right. I was well, just I about to say the last I, thing about her and then do exactly I what mean, you're going to say. I mean, if you only have one more thing, I guess we can fit that in. Thanks. Thank you so much, Joshua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah All yeah, right, yeah. I'll get to it. I'm trying to keep it. us on a schedule, okay? All right. I, All right, I was going to say, she's worked with a lot of interesting people. She worked with uh, Third Eye Blind. She's worked with Regina Spector, uh, Mountain Goats, Yolo Tango. She recorded a solo album that uh, featured Aesop on four tracks. It also featured uh, your boy, Daniel Bryan. Um, oh, wait. Did you listen? On the album? You didn't, you didn't listen to it, dude? You don't know about that? No. I no, haven't heard that it's one. About, it's about the wrestler Captain Louie. It's called Captain Louie. That, oh, that's funny. So, yeah, we've mentioned, yeah. We've mentioned Daniel Bryan on this podcast before. Super famous and beloved WWE wrestler who retired uh, earlier this year. Last year? This year? Yeah, you were there, dude. This year. I was there. It was this year. Uh, yeah, yeah. I actually met Kimya Dawson um, because I went nice. to uh, I went I went to pick up a signed copy of Daniel Bryan's book because I wanted to give it to someone for Christmas. And she was in line like a couple stop, steps ahead of us, me and me and my girlfriend and apparently my girlfriend is a huge fan of hers and it has been at the front row of a couple of her shows because as soon as she came out uh claire was like hi kimya and kimya was like hi claire and then just and and then went on and we went up to meet the wrestler guy nice. it was weird it was that weird. Was it was weird. cool though. That was before I, yeah. I I actually had any idea who Kimya Dawson was. She's she's really cool. I've I've seen her play once. Um, her show is really good. Uh, she's yeah, like yeah, she's she plays some intense stuff. Her her show is really crazy. There was a lot of uh, interesting people. I also saw uh, Aesop play. And uh, and she was there. I saw him play in Bellingham, and she was like there, and she went up and did a song with him. And uh, that's badass. That from yeah, really from the included. Awesome. And also, since I'm on this point, real quick, I saw the included play like I think like one of a handful of shows, but it was like um, it was in Olympia, and it was in the library. And it was like packed, and it was like really small, and it was awesome. It was like I don't know, incredible. I was really, really close to uh, to both of them, and I like talked to to Aesop, and it was really kind of awkward, but it was cool. It was a really good show. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyways, on they've to- also both played in Fairbanks. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> happened, awesome. which is weird. Nice. Yeah, not, they, not they together, but they both live in the. 
uh, Pacific Northwest too. She lives. Yeah. Yeah. She lives in Olympia, and he lives in Portland. Um. So yeah, on to my boy Ace. Aesop. Quick side note about Aesop Rock. Uh, uh, I think what was it senior year, maybe junior year. I think it's <laughs> senior year of high school. Camden, Camden and I had a, a assignment for English class, and the assignment was to choose a a poem and to uh, recite it in front of the class. I think it was. Oh my god! And uh, oh, Cam- no. Camden chose. Uh, well. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like I kind of talked him into it, but he did it pretty easily, <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, he chose I was, Daylight I was... by Aesop Rock. <laughs> oh, God, wow. I, re- I, read the, I read the lyrics to that in front did of Did you really class. memorize the whole thing? He, no, he I had them. a... I don't think so. I think I memorized a big chug of it and then had, like, a sheet that I kept Dude, checking. it's crazy. I, I, know, I know a few few bars of that, dog. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> that's like... That's like Aesop, one of Aesop's uh, easily one of his most famous songs. Oh yeah, Light. definitely. That was the album yeah. that I'd heard. That uh, the one that 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 was on. I That's think it was on. called Daylight. I can't remember. It's been a little while. Uh, it's called. The album's uh, called Labor, Labor Days. Days. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Let me let me yep. let me talk about my my, my boy my boy. Okay. Aesop <laughs> uh, Rock Ian Bavitz. Bavitz. Uh, was born June 5th, 1976 in Soyuset, Soyuset, I don't know, New York. Uh, he's 39. He started writing and rapping, uh, at a young age. He also started playing bass and piano at a very young age. Um, he's influenced a lot by 80s and 90s rap. Um, but kind of, uh, kind of more, uh, like, you know, um, like Public Enemy and and more uh, like not as not as popular stuff. Uh, I don't have any good examples other than Public Enemy, but uh, <laughs> I mean Public Enemy is pretty popular. <laughs> well, they are too. Yeah, right. Yeah, and the stuff that he listened to wasn't like unpopular, but it wasn't just he wasn't like listening to like N.W.A. and like I don't know stuff like that. He was he was also listening to. Um, a lot of punk and like hardcore 80s and 90s like punk and hardcore music um mm-hmm. uh his um his initial releases took place in the mid to late 90s uh he's among some of the first um to emerge out of the like underground rap genre which kind of started around that time um <clears throat> he met producer Blockhead in college where the two made um an album and an EP um just like independently um after this he uh released another album Labor Days in 2007 that had Daylight on it and uh so he released it that sure did it sure did sure had Daylight on it and uh and that was like um, that album, he, he like, um, got a lot of, um, attention with that one through, you know, like, um, a big, like, independent, like, grassroots effort and stuff through the internet and whatnot. He's still independent at this point. And, um, he re-released it in 2002, um, with the track, uh, 
Nightlight on it, which like is a really cool. If you listen to both those tracks, they're really cool to listen to together. Daylight and the Nightlight. They look. Um, Nightlight refers to uh, to daylight, but also like is it just like opposes like every line it refers to. It's really interesting. Huh. Um, I haven't I haven't heard that one before. I'll have to check that out. Oh whoa! Oh, Cameron hasn't heard of it. Whoa, crazy. Uh, oh, just... <laughs> <laughs> it really, it's really good. Uh, when I saw him play, he did both of them, and it was awesome. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, the the track "Labor" from Labor Day was featured on Tony Hawk Pro Skater Three. And... Yeah, that's the first place I heard he saw from. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and like that helped him. Uh, Get on number 15 on the United States Independent Charts. Um, uh, he put out another EP and joined the group Weatherman, the Weathermen, in 2006. Uh, he produced a 45-minute long instrumental for Nike in 2007. And also released the album None Shall Pass. And that like was... Um, I pretty highly acclaimed too. That got a lot of that was got a lot of success. Um, he 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 was on LP's label. Not, I can't remember what it was called, but uh, definitive definitive Jux. Yes, yep. yes, sir. Yep, Def Jux, dog, and uh, that that went on hiatus and for like a few, like maybe a year or two or a few months or something, and. Um, uh, so did so did Aesop Rock. He didn't do anything for like a few years, and then he uh, he came back and was signed to um, Rhyme Sayers, the Rhyme Sayers label, um, which is founded by his friend. Uh, well, like co-founded by his friend Slug, who he collaborates with a bunch. Um, That's the he, guy from Atmosphere, right? Is it? Yeah, pretty sure. Word. Cool. Totally. All the way. Uh, his his other group, uh, Hail Mary Mallon, is on Rhyme Sayers as well. Um, he's in that group with Rob Sonic. Um, he released Skeleton in 2012. Kimya is on two tracks in that album. And he's releasing another album on the 25th of this month. Pretty soon. Skeleton. Yeah, Skeleton was also like super highly praised. Probably yeah, dude. Yeah. like even more than like Dunshall Pass. But uh... yeah, yeah, yeah. Skeleton was really good too. That yeah, is. that's a good album. Um. So yeah, that's about those two. Um. There. Yeah, like I said, there isn't much information about like that I could find about like how they met or any of that. They probably just like met through like the scene, both like living on both sides of the country in the same place. Um, a lot of both, like both of them, a lot, a lot of their, a big portion of their discography is like collaborations. Um, they started working on the project, the included in 2011 or, and released their first official video in 2013. So like, um, I don't know, they were doing, they were like working on the included while they were doing a lot of their other stuff too. Like, she she put out um thunder thighs and he put out put out um what did he put out uh 
None Shall Pass um, around mm-hmm. that time. So, like, yeah, they were, like, it's crazy. They were doing a lot of stuff and, like, just, like, hitting it hard, collaborating with a bunch of people and, like, had their, had different groups going. It's, like, really, a lot of really good material from both of them around the same time. It's pretty cool. Um, so, the album itself, Hokey Fright. Hokey Fright. Spooky Night. Hockey... Right. Fight. <laughs> Hockey, right? Hokey, knocky, flight. Smockle, I don't hokey know what hokey fright means, really. I don't know what hokey fright refers no to. No idea. I think it's supposed no to be idea. just like, like cute, cutesy, dorky kind of thing. Like, hokey, you know, hokey's like a, you know, like a pretty common, uh, what is that? An idiom? Like a, like a, just like a common kind of like old slang. Yeah. Slang word. Hokey. It's hokey. Hokey fright. And like, yeah, on the, uh, on the cover of the album, it's like them and they're like these two old, old, I think maybe I just had a revelation, bros. I think it's, (laughs) I think it's about getting old. I think it's about being afraid of getting old. dog. Uh, that would make sense with a lot of the song topics. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I just had the rev, dog. <laughs> Let's Revelation. talk about the songs. Let's talk about the Are songs. Which that... one do you want to talk, dude? I've been listening to this song since, or this album since, like, <laughs> this album since like about the around the time it came out. So like, you know, you're like into three it. years. You're into it, is what I'm you're not saying. afraid of it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, okay. it's uh the album is like um. The instrumentation is really, really minimal, which, like, uh, she, she's, like, a songwriter and musician. I don't know. I don't don't know if I really, she, she plays guitar, and, uh, and he, but Aesop is, like, a producer, but they kept it, they kept it really, like, minimal and, like, um, but, but I think they, like, they, they chose, um, uh, you know, they, they chose to structure everything in a, in a really, really, uh, like meaningful and like, um, practical way, you know, with like the, like there's maybe like, like three or four or five instruments to a, to a track and like, yeah, you know, yeah, it's pretty stripped so, down. So it's like, it's like both of their other, um, it's both of their solo stuff where it's like, you know, obviously focused toward the lyrics a lot more. Um... Yeah, major themes of childhood, um, but every track is, like, dealing with something, like, dramatic. Well, not every track, but most are dealing with something, like, dramatic or, like, traumatic. Um, And very personal, like, to both of them. Like, one of them seems like it's about, um, like, Aesop's mother dying in a plane crash. Which one Um, do you mean? Um... TV on 10? TV on 10. Yeah, the third track on the album. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it's really about his mom or if it's like, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's really good, though. That's a really good one. Um, Yeah, they talk, you know, uh, they talk about, like, friends and family deaths, uh, organ donation. Yeah, yeah, um, organs. Like, uh, motherless children. Yeah. um, growing up like kind of like lower middle class, um, 
self-love and depression sandwiches. Uh, That's a weird track. I don't I get love that, that track. track. Oh, what do you That's mean? Just, it's the best. That's you don't just like a good like sandwich we're, we're every now and quirky. I like sandwiches, don't get me wrong. But that's the that's what I like about it. It's like that's what I like about the album is that it's really light and like fun and like it really it really kind of makes you um feel kind of like really personal like you're I don't know like buddies with both like you're just joking around with both of them because you know and like also talking about like you know they they have like tons of like '90s and '80s pop culture references that mm-hmm. you know everyone our age will get you know in some way. And, uh, you know, it kind of makes you feel like you had, like, a similar childhood. And so when they do, you know, tracks like the, the Sandwich song where they just Superheroes, please. Sandwiches superheroes. And, or the, superheroes, or the one where it's just, like, this weird, kind of weird, funky electro beat, and then they're just like, why'd you hang up on me? And then it's like, and then why'd you hang up on me? And it's just like weird and kind of, yeah. Yeah. And it's just fun. I think they just like, it's just fun. You know, they just like to have fun with each other. They're like good friends and like, it really comes out and shows. And I think that's awesome. Um, yeah, they're both really, really, really amazing lyricists. Like we've been going over, um, both very like verbose wordy um it makes it makes for music that like um you kind of have to listen to um you know once or twice yeah yeah yeah, to get like a lot of you know the references or the lines or especially with aesop aesop is like um he's one of my favorite rappers that's what got me into this group is um aesop rock I've i've been listening to him forever because um his like lyrics are fucking dope dog you know (laughs) they're like um to me they're some of the most like uh ear catching in like the rap industry alone um you know if not just like music um yeah he's kind of like made a reputation for himself as being like one of the most verbose rappers he he actually is like he is the he has the largest vocabulary in hip hop. Uh, someone did a study, and yeah, he, I, saw, I remember saying that. Yeah, he has a larger vocabulary in his in his lyrics than uh, eighty five other rappers. That's insane. Um, and uh, yeah, he's just like I guess just like a really super smart dude, um, super depressed guy, you know. But yeah, his back to back to his 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 lyrical style and stuff. Um, and well, I guess like more the style of the album. Like Kimia is really really clear and forward, and kind of more simple, you know. Yeah. And she kind of just like will, you know, kind of just like give you the theme, you know, just like you know, really directly as to where um, uh, Aesop, you have to like pick apart you know, almost each line and like find the metaphor or the abstraction or something. Mm -hmm. And it, and it like, I don't know. It makes, I I like the, um, huh? Sorry. I was going to say, he's one of those guys, like a lot of people will say that he's just 
pretty much saying words that sound good together but right he's been like yeah he's been like asked about that before he's like no i'm yeah. pretty like yeah, writing he, something yeah. that does mean something yeah he's like <laughs> you know, he's like, like you kind of have to be an idiot you just have to think about you just have to think about it a little bit yeah <laughs> he's like he, you, like he's not yeah. make, he's not making like ultra obscure yeah. fucking shit like if you yeah you can get yeah. stuff out of his lyrics if you yeah know. but totally like read the words yeah. right yeah yeah but yeah, it's, I mean, it's really, it's really like, I like to describe it as like stream of consciousness because it's, um, it's like, it's like, it's like a thought process for like some people, you know, for me, I don't know, sometimes, and I'm sure a lot of other people, it's just like, um, you know, the way it's, you know, it's like a thought interrupted by another thought that's like referencing something else loosely. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's like constantly flowing, but like with different abstract ideas and like expressions kind of like yeah kind of like a stream of consciousness style yeah and they're like threading and like weaving through instead of being like linear you know and like you know straight and just like uh i don't know it's uh i don't know some of the most interesting stuff i've heard just because um you know with one line he can like explain a lot but it's like something that he could he could mean something entirely different but you know it can connect to you or whatever in whatever way um uh yeah he kind of uh i actually like wrote this down because i thought it was a good good idea uh he paints a picture for your imagination to complete um complete the thought that he's providing instead of like serving you the idea on a platter um Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh-huh. For sure. Um and it's it's yeah, it makes for music that you can't really like listen to just once. If you if you're listening, you know, if you're just like mm. it's just on, you know, it's just like, whoa, this guy's saying a lot of stuff. But <laughs> yeah, you got if you're not listening, honest to listen then, to this album a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, tracks. Uh Delicate Cycle was I think the first single. Oh from yeah, this I album. love that one. I love that it's one. It's a good mm-hmm. track. Yeah, I like that track a whole lot. Um, yeah, that one. Yeah, I like that one too. I think that one works really well. as kind of like yeah. an intro. Yeah, sort of like the yeah. It's uh, yeah. Well, it's catchy, well, like catchy, like fun sound. The already. intro. I think the intro actually is. Oh well, yeah, the uh, kryptonite. Right, right, right. So yeah, right. You, but I know what you mean. Like the first. Yeah. Yeah. Like the first like um, full on song for sure. Should we should we um, talk about the intro real quick? Uh, yeah. yeah, since we're talking let's, about tracks, let's touch yeah. on it. Kryptonite. Yeah, so it's pretty cute. Kind of a, and like, yeah, it's kind of a like, neat track. It's like a it's good. A, it's a good way to like. Um, I think it's a good like. Just like has a little piece of everything in there. Kind of, it's kind of like playful, but um, and it, and it like you know like she they're like saying the same thing and she says ballerina and he says like uh, what does he say like. I don't know, a motor cage of death or something. Yeah. Like, you a, know? like a motorcycle something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah it's, yeah. it's an interesting kind of contrast. And, and yeah, vocally the they've got an yeah. interesting contrast too. Like, yeah. and that stands out right from the start of this. And it, yeah. it comes up over and over and over again in this album. And, uh, yeah. I and don't it's know, really man. Short. I think that, yeah. I think that vocal contrast is kind of the biggest thing. Yeah. Sonically in this album, right? Like, yeah. If you don't like definitely, definitely if you don't like how their voices work together, you're not going to like this music. Yeah, totally. I agree. 
Um, but like, yeah, dude, if you like, if you like rap, I feel like you can't really completely dislike this or write this off, you know? And if you like folk, I feel the same way, you know? Um, well, I don't know, like maybe anti-folk, but. I could see that. I've, I've pointed a couple people towards this album since I started listening to it. It's a, it definitely is like a, it, it's interesting, I think. Because acoustically they contrast, but stylistically, uh, there are a lot of points on the album where they function very similarly. Mm-hmm. Like, there are definitely points on the album where Kimya Dawson moves in more of a rapping direction, where she starts going yeah. a little harder and a little faster. Yeah. And there are points yeah. on the album, like in Organs, where Aesop Rock goes in the other direction. And, yeah, and Aesop Rock sings like an anti-fuck musician. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Pretty much. And I think that's that's set up right from the very beginning with Kryptonite, and I think that's super cool. Yeah, totally, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that goes in a delicate cycle, and delicate cycle's basically about um I think well, like it's it's about her she's talking about how her, her mom worked as like a recess, uh, you know, like um, you know, what do you, what do you call that? I don't know. Supervisor lady, the lady with the whistle. The recess supervisor sounds, uh, sounds accurate. Sure. Yeah. A lunch lady. Yeah. I'm not sure what she says. Uh, I can't remember what she says exactly, but yeah, she's like, she, yeah, her mom, her, yeah, her mom did that and her dad worked at the laundromat and it's kind of like, and she says later, um, like, uh, I was I was 26 years old the first time I lived in a house with a washer and dryer in it, and that's the year I bottomed out, or something like that. And I think it's kind of like, uh, it's supposed to be kind of like, um, you know, like, uh, growing up, lower middle class type thing, um, you know, to where, like, your parents worked, you know, lower middle class jobs, and you, you know lived in places like apartments or places that didn't have washer and dryers and yeah I and mean, she talks all this, all this stuff like the sense of community at the you know laundromat yeah yeah and how that kind of like is yeah and like i don't know if you guys ever been to laundromats but it's like always <laughs> freaks <laughs> yeah well it's it's interesting because it it really is like a song kind of about about taking taking pride in, and being fascinated by by things that most of us consider very bland or like their yeah. everyday but like yeah. it is it is sort of a callback to that whole like that it, it it's addressing that being a child and like these things are actually kind of super fascinating and interesting and and appreciating these weird little quirks and and then how losing those quirks and like going, moving up, so to speak, can be like is not always something that is emotionally rewarding or satisfying, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, it's an interesting track. I, I like yeah. it a lot. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's good. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, same thing with like every track. It's kind of about growing up, childhood, and same contrast. She's straightforward, and he is like very like metaphorical and indirect 
and uh, makes for makes for really good. What's the What's the second track, brother? Don't you have them in front of you? I, TV I do on the 10, second track is Delicate Cycle, then there's yeah, TV and then on 10. TV. Oh, sorry, sorry, my bad. Here, like, uh, yeah, we just talked about it, idiot. Uh, yeah, what's the <laughs> um, third track? TV on 10. That song, that track is crazy. Um, we're just we're just talking about that um, uh-huh. a bit ago. That song's, like, about how, um, I guess, just, like, crazy accidents happen. It's, like, kind of, it's like kind of about a plane crash or just, like, seeing... It's it's like kind of about seeing like uh Aesop Rock seeing his mom his mom's flight on the news uh like you know his plane crash on the news and like finding out that way and like yeah. and how just yeah. like <laughs> and just like how uh you know um stuff like that like yeah. you know happens and it's just completely unexpected and it's just like you know, com- complete upheaval, and uh, I don't know if it was like you know, fiction or not. Um, I've never looked that up, but I don't. I feel like I feel like it was. I feel like so, he was just like writing writing an example or something. So I don't want to go track by track on this album. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I'm just yeah, I was just asking. Which ones? But but yeah, to let talk me, about the ones I want. I want to. I want to at least run through the ones that I really liked, and if more than one of us want to talk about those ones, let's let's do it. And if not, let's uh, let's let's move on to to things that that Camden really enjoyed, well, yeah. and, and then hit your highlights as well. Um, so I really liked Delicate Cycle a lot. I really liked uh, Jambi Cafe Cafe and Bats a whole lot. I thought yeah. those were really good tracks. Um, we gonna talk. Should we talk about? So I just wanna, I just wanna highlight the tracks first, and then we'll come back and kind of run through some of them. Um, if that's if that's kosher, uh, the yeah. aquarium I thought was super cool. Yeah, and I think that's probably my favorite track on this album. It's it's after, up there for me. I think for sure. I think the ones I really like have kind of like changed over the course of this fucking month of. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I also, I think, yeah, that one's that one's that one's kind of stuck out in the last week or so. Is th- probably my favorite one. I think the last one that I would highlight, and maybe one of my favorites, is uh, Boomerang. I think Boomerang might be the the point in the album at which their like contrasting uh, vocal styles worked best for me. Uh, mm-hmm. But those are those are the ones that I wanted to highlight. Um, so let's actually talk about the aquarium and start there, and then move out from there. Okay. Aquarium's a really good one. That one's kind of like a like a more darker track, you know. Um, kind of like uh, I don't know, a little bit more creepy. I don't know. You guys want to talk about it more? Yeah, I think I don't know. I think I because my two favorite tracks on the album are the Aquarium and TV on Ten, and they both have that kind of like vibe to them, where they're yeah. like the darker tracks, where it's not as because you know a lot of a lot of these songs will like have some like dark subject matter, but the instrumentation is like super light like super lighthearted yeah yeah um and i think i don't know i i think i enjoyed it a little bit more when uh we had like that sort of um darker backing music to it mm-hmm. uh yeah and like those ones really stuck out to me and and uh those are I, i'd say like those are the two where the the instrumental goes as close to like 
standard hip hop instrumentals as you hear on this album because you know yeah I think everything else like yeah because you have like sort of the more yeah, like driving rhythms totally. and yeah. uh, sort of like looped um, repetitive things going on uh, but yeah I don't know they, they they like stood out from the rest of the album for me a bit uh, and I don't know I, I liked I liked that sound they were going for on those two a lot Word. yeah yeah um yeah uh both good ones uh yeah those are kind of like the um yeah the darker dark so yeah there's kind of like three themes there's like fun and then there's kind of dark serious and then there's like um i guess like just straight up joking you know like the like tits up you know yeah Mm-hmm. and uh the sandwich one and like you know fun you know fun being ones like scissor hands uh mm-hmm. you know that one's like super super just like playful and fun and so how um, would you classify alligator um i don't remember how that one goes it's the sex one <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah that's right oh yeah dude <laughs> yeah that's a good one Dude, see, that's another thing, like, the, the, like, you know, just, like, that a lot of people can just, like, um, uh, I feel like personalize with, with this album is, like, uh, uh yeah, it's this what, weird what, song. What, what is it, what does he say, he says, he says, like, uh, everyone, everyone, everyone knows, everyone knows someone who's, like, stashing porno A copy of woods. Hustler. Hustler in the woods, yeah, yeah. Yep. And it's just, like, and he, he, like gives us like details about like him and his friends finding like a VHS and like you know watching porn for the first time and like and how like oh, what is it like um no one can say anything they all worship the same centerfold and yeah you know just mm-hmm. how like That's everyone's just, like sick and perverted perverted and yeah it's great that's a really good one um man you guys want to talk about the dark tracks on on this i want to, <laughs> my favorites are like the really like the fun light ones like teleprompters is like amazing i think that was like um the first song that i really liked on this album ever that's the one that's just so it's, it's like a self it's like a self help song yeah yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, and it, it, that's kind of like kind of autobiographical for Kimia because she's known for looking super, super terrified when she's on stage. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, um, uh, Aesop Rock, too, he, like, is known for dealing with, like, depression and, like, uh, like sleep deprivation and shit like that. And, um, and, like, his lines are, like, amazing in in this in this one like and and with this one it's you know a little bit more like um like verse chorus verse chorus linear linear like that where he like he has his part that he like changes each time um you know that's right after her part that's almost like the chorus and like that's uh you know just it's you know it's just like um like like i said earlier his his uh his writing is just awesome because you can kind of like really you know pick pick through and like you know personalize with a lot of and and connect with like parts that like you know maybe you're supposed to connect with maybe you're not but i don't know you do anyways um 
Yeah, teleprompters is good. Scissor hands is good. Tits up is great. I don't know. Tits up. Oh yeah, Jolly Cafe. That one's that one's badass. That one's just like a huge, huge reference to like the eighties and nineties and shit. And yeah, I like that one a lot. When she's like, is it is that the one where where they're yeah they're talking when he's like plywood's not a fan of tough talk. And they're just like yeah. talking about eating yeah. candy and like trying yeah, the first Jolly Rancher like, and like, like yeah, it's just it's such a weird like coming of age album. It's it's yeah. the only reason it's weird is because they're like they must have been in their like uh, mid mid thirties, mid to late thirties when they were writing this. So you know they must have been feeling pretty nostalgic. But um, yeah, I don't know. She like yeah, she like I don't know. She mentions a lot of a lot of good stuff, and uh, oh yeah, the song "Bats." That's one that I need to mention. Bats, I that's, like a lot. Yeah, yeah, bats yeah. Is probably yeah. B- bats, bats is about their friend uh, Michael Larson, the rapper Idea, uh, who died in 2010 in his sleep, and uh, yeah, that one's like maybe one of the most personal songs, like. Um, on the album, um, where like Kimya, Kimya, she's like, she talks, she's like, I went, I can't remember what she says. She went and like hugged his mom and she's like, I went and hugged his mom. And I, uh, it's clear to me. I met the Minnesota Dalai Lama and, yep. uh, mm-hmm. and like, um, cause he was like huge, you know, Minnesota rap scene mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a really, really, really sad and like kind of intense song, but it's really, really good. Um, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, this is the last one I really want to talk about. But um, uh, organs, dude. Organs is an amazing song. I love that song. It's yeah, so like sad. It's so or- sad. Organs is interesting. It's really cute, but there are times where like it's a little too direct. Yeah. Uh, like like the first line that Kimya has, yeah, uh, dude, about about the boy killer. with the the heart of the little girl that she lost in his chest. <laughs> yeah, dude. Aww. Yeah, it's like this is Jesus Christ, the first first one, huh? And then yeah, dude, like again, Aesop's lines in that are just like fucking like amazing. That that one is like one of the ones I guess that is a lot more easy to like pick out the the theme of the song. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, it was pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was not much subtlety to that song. They were <laughs> yeah. like, be an organ donor if you're a driver, please. Please. Yeah. Or even if you're yeah. not. Yeah. Don't be yeah. an asshole. <laughs> Donate your yeah. organs. Yeah. All right, am but, I am I alone on my love of Boomerang? Because I thought Boomerang was Oh, really yeah, good. Boomerang's badass, yeah. Boomer, Boomerang, Boomer, Boomer, Boomerang. Yeah. Um, and, and that's like when 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 uh, Kimya is like pretty much rapping, yeah, uh, yeah, in yeah, her, yeah, 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 in yeah, her yeah. second and her second verse, yeah. and like, and and Aesop keeps comparing himself to a spider trapped under a cup. Yeah, dude, yeah, like, I love that. I love. Oh, that. it's that that song. I thought was really really good. Um, yeah, I like that a whole lot. All, and, all dressed up like a spider in a cup, four bald tires in the mud. Yeah. When it's diner food or bust. Yeah. 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 Dude. It's, no, uh, I, I really like uh Kimmy Dawson's second verse on that uh that that particular song. 
the I'm impressed, I'm depressed, I'm the best, I'm a mess. That one. Yeah, yeah. That whole verse I thought was really great. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that track was was one that I liked a whole lot. Uh, Ted City would send us his impressions, but he didn't, so we yeah, don't get to jerk. hear about. Who cares? We don't get to who hear cares? about how he didn't like it. Yeah, the little butt. Who cares? But yeah, this is, this is one of my favorites, like ever. It's like you know, uh, you know, rapping, rapping, and and uh, and folk music, basically. And it's like, uh, yeah, like it's almost like a coming of age album. It's an interesting you know? contrast. Like it's yeah. a weird, weird thing. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. It's yeah. cool. Thanks for bringing it to us. Thanks for uh, yeah. putting that on the wheel and having it be the first one that you spun up. Is it? Oh, that's right. It was. Yeah, yeah it was your Jeez. first one. Oh, yeah, because yeah, Joey was Joey doing got it. two in a Joey, row. Yeah, Joey's oh, like, goodness. I'm just going to do the spinning. I told you fuckers that would happen. Like, when you put the ball on, on the same I, wheel, no, I, was I like, agreed. I, I agreed with you. Joey was just like, I'm afraid of it. Oh. <laughs> so, so, so um, we had another child. Speaking speaking of the wheel, uh, I think we're going to start spacing out those episodes a little bit more than we have been. Uh, originally, we were planning to do one every month, but it feels like the format is getting kind of wonky. And so we're going to start spreading those out. We're still working on, on redoing that a little bit and figuring out exactly how we want to do it. Um, but this particular album was terrific. I thought this was super cool. And like I said, I've already recommended it to like three people. Like, good call. Good pick. Thanks. I'm glad, I'm glad you we got this. And I'm glad we got this instead of uh, instead of West Canon or no. I was gonna I was gonna say booze is not food, but oh my god! I forgot. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Jesus Christ! I can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah. Thank fucking god. Robbie's gonna rig the <laughs> fuck out of one of these spins. You know it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good thing I didn't pick uh, the Universal Will to Become though, right? Right, Camden. Good thing. Good thing, bish. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's time that we wrap this up. I think wrap it's time it up. That we, we wrap it up. Wrap it uh, up. What do we got to hit next week? Next week we're listening to Augie Marsh, and uh, do you guys Haven's Dumb? March. That was the name of the album. Haven's Dumb by Augie Marsh is next week's album. March. Haven's Dumb <laughs> by Augie March. Like the yes. month, not like Dark. the swamp. I like swamps are all right, I guess. Um, in the meantime, we got, uh, so we didn't get an email, we got a text message. Uh, you remember? Oh boy, Blow You remember up. When, when I was uh, talking about the friend I had that told me the uh, most arrogant states? Yes. Okay, so the fifth state that we lost was Washington, because everyone from Washington is apparently, uh, and this is a quote, the fifth most arrogant state was Washington in a, oh, you don't know obscure band, beer, artist, etc.? I'm sorry, I think they would be good for you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, poor That's you. Poor you. You have so much to learn. Yeah, that... all right. I, I, I can buy that. Um... Triple Janks. If you want to email us, email us at soundingboardpodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at notalwaysmusic. Hit Camden up on Twitter at... Killacam907. Killacam907. <laughs> Hit Robbie up on Twitter at... I don't even... I think Dharma Boy. 
Dharma um, Boy. Dharma Boy. I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> all right, hold on, like hold that. on. We're gonna. In that the meantime, might not be it at all. I don't even remember. I don't... Uh, hit hit me up on Twitter at L L E R O. Hit Ted up at on Twitter at uh fuck. What was his? God damn it! Saucy little bitch. Or... Yeah, I can't remember Ted's. Do you guys remember Ted's? Definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah. I can't I can't just look at my followers either. Wait, I totally can. Uh I think it Lil might be Theo underscore the ho. Theo underscore the underscore ho. Okay. Robbie, you were at Dharma Rob ninety two. <laughs> yeah, dog. Dharma Darch. If uh if Joey's ever back on here, it's Joseph Hart thirty three. Or find us on Facebook or any number of other places. Uh I think that's it. I think you you uh, join us next week for Augie March, Haven's Dumb. I think you go listen to the Uncluded because it's pretty good. I think you maybe go listen to any of the other things that were out- mentioned on the show because most of them were pretty good. That's all I got. What about you guys? Sick. Yeah, I, I second I that. I love you. Oh, uh, hey, who's Skadoo? <laughs> ha! I think we we gotta kill that after this episode. Ah. Oh, you right, good night, asked guys. me to say it again on this episode. <laughs> good night, guys. <laughs> and you're going to tell me to kill it? Good uh, night, guys. Good night. I love good you. Good night.